Welcome to the Modern CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping accounting firms achieve success. If you're an accounting firm owner who wants to learn how to grow your firm by providing virtual CFO services, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to today's episode. I'm Tom Waddleton. I am a virtual CFO with Summit CPA Group. That's a division of Anders CPA and Advisors. Uh, Jody Grundon is helping me facilitate today's conversation. Jody's a partner at Anders CPA and Advisors. Jody, welcome today. Yeah, thanks, Tom. It's, this has been like one of the uh, first ones I've been with. It has, in a long yeah. Time. I'm looking forward to it. So, it'll, yeah. It'll be nice. Nice chat. And our guest today is Dan Rutherford. Dan is also one of my peers as a virtual CFO, and Dan has a lot of experience in the transportation logistics industries, and that's kind of the big topic area today. Um, Dan, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what brought you to Summit CPA Group? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Jody. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to, to talking a little bit about transportation today. So uh, I started uh, started my career out uh, with IRS. Oddly enough, as a oh, revenue seriously? agent for over eleven years. <laughs> yeah, told me yeah. That. <laughs> I, I was a I was the life of the. I wasn't invited to too many parties, Jody. So uh, believe it or not. So, um, so I had uh, I had eleven years or eleven and a half years with IRS. Good career. Mm-hmm. Got a good tax background, and you know I still have a a, a decent. Uh, I still migrate back to that a little bit. Uh, and then uh, ended up in public accounting for about a year as a tax manager. And then, oddly enough, a friend of the family reached out to me. His business was uh, growing and kind of they were getting to that kind of like we see a lot of our clients get to that kind of anxious feeling that, hey, we got a lot of questions and don't always yeah. have the answers. So he thought he needed a little more a little more firepower in the accounting realm. So he reached out to me and he had, he had, we'd gone to lunch and stuff over time. So he's always picking my brain and got to know me, but he brought me into the transportation industry. And that was, I don't know, it's been 22, 23 years mm-hmm. ago. Um, so I started with, with one company here in the Fort Wayne area and then uh, kind of did uh, a little bit what Summit does on a very, very small scale. I worked with two, ended up working with two different uh, trucking companies for the next 20 some years and kind of floated between them. As I guess, uh, I guess I was a little virtual CFO and didn't know it at the time. (laughs) um, And uh, oddly enough, they knew each other. They weren't really competitors and it worked for them, you know, on on a, on the scale that I was doing it on. And we shared ideas and stuff and kind of like we do with a lot of our clients. So yeah, I had 20 some years in, in the industry. Um, The last three or four years, I actually jumped from the CFO role into operations, Mm -hmm. which was, was kind of a nice Mm -hmm. break for me. Mm-hmm. I ran a large logistics division for the company, and we were a hundred twenty-some million dollar division, wow. and I had a lot of fun with that, and got indoctrinated in a lot of uh, uh, managing people and growing mm-hmm. from. It kind of got a little break from accounting, which was kind of nice at the time. So, <laughs> tons of experience. Jeez, I, don't, I mean, the IRS thing—I never would probably say that ever again. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm envisioning the parties of people totally stopping talking as soon as you say that and just run. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, like everybody's like, yeah, I found it funny when I was talking no, to you. Public accounting, IRS, and then yeah. corporate. So you have experience yeah. in all three areas. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. And then uh, I actually came to uh, Summit. Uh, uh, my daughter is Jody and Tom, uh, know, yeah. worked for Summit yeah. years ago, yeah. and yeah. I was really intrigued. I, she was kind of doing, and I was intrigued with the company. I'm like, that really sounds kind of what I wanted to do years ago. A friend of mm-hmm. mine and I, kind of, we were planning to kind of do the same thing on a smaller scale. So 
um, as I heard conversation with her, I'm like, that's, that's a really cool model. So, uh, I reached out to some of this past summer and, uh, uh, ended up here, uh, five or six months ago and really enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's been that's a fun exciting. ride. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely fortunate to have you here for sure. I mean, this, it's been, you've been you. a great addition to the team. And, uh, as we really kind of blow up this, uh, this vertical uh, transportation industry, um, you being the leader of that is going to be really, really huge. So yeah, definitely uh, welcome. Welcome to the team. I obviously have been here for Thank a while, you. but uh, this, is, this will be a great kickoff yeah. for you. Are you interested in offering virtual CFO services at your firm or scaling your existing service offerings? The Virtual CFO Playbook, how to land $60,000 a year clients and provide a killer client experience is an online series of modules that will equip you with essential tools for creating and delivering scalable VCFO services. These approaches have helped Summit CPA grow from $500,000 to upwards of $5 million in revenue over the past decade. If you're ready to grow your firm, visit summitcpa.net slash VCFO playbook to enroll now. So Dan, maybe a little bit about transportation logistics for people who aren't familiar. You know, as we talk about lots of companies, there's an awful lot of things that are similar from an accounting and finance perspective from company to company. And then mm -hmm. there's things that are unique and Summit currently has one specific digital that we focus on. What would you say are some of those unique things and maybe help us understand sort of transportation versus logistics when you talk about those terms? Yeah, and I, I use, uh, um, I guess, you know, different people <laughs> use different terminology a little bit, but when I think of transportation, I'm thinking more of, of the company owning yep. the asset, you know, they have the truck, they have the driver and they're controlling, controlling that asset, the tractor. Um, so I think of transportation in those terms, which can be a, it's a, it can be a very complicated accounting model. There's a lot of moving parts, literally. Um, you've got fuel, you've got um, driver wages, you've got um, repairs mm -hmm. on the road. It, it's, it's a, it's a challenging accounting environment. Really it is. And, a lot of, uh, it's kind of an accountant nightmare from the standpoint, in my opinion, um, you have to give a lot of people access to cash mm -hmm. that in theory, as an accountant, you know, you just kind of cringe. Like I can't give a, an operations person access to cash, mm -hmm. but unless you want to get the call in the middle of the night, my truck's broke down. I need to issue a <laughs> com check or key check. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> you have to relinquish some of those and put in the controls you can. So, and then we, I commonly refer to logistics more as non-asset base, you know, brokerage okay. uh, operation. Okay. Um, many uh, companies have mm -hmm. both, you know, they have the assets, they have a transportation division, and then they have a logistics division. Um, some, you know, one side dominates more than the other. Um, in my past life, you know, one of the companies was very heavy into the logistics side, uh, built that up from a, a seven person operation to I don't know. I think when I left, we were, we were approaching a hundred people. So, wow. um, and then the other company was kind of the reverse of that. They were more heavy on the asset side and running their own trucks and then started a logistics side as well. Um, uh, but, but obviously the asset side, you've got one of the challenges for a CFO is in fact, was one of the first things that the company that I started with asked me, it's, you've got so much capital. Okay. I mean, you, a tractor anymore is, you know, they've gone skyrocket in prices. So you've got a $150,000 tractor or more. Mm -hmm. You've got a trailer. It can be $35,000, dollars $50,000. Um, so you've got a lot of equipment tied up and making those decisions on those capital acquisition decisions is, you know, very harrowing for a business owner. You know, they can, 
you get 10, 15 tractors, you can be in a couple million dollars right. real fast. And you can get into big banking relationships, big loans, <laughs> things like that. Absolutely. I had mentioned yes. to you one of my clients mm -hmm. who owns some of his own trucks. This is a trucking firm, Jody, that I'm sure you're familiar with. And then he also does mm -hmm. a lot of logistics yep. for other clients. And Dan actually mentioned that the owner of that right. company was a driver at his company 20 years ago. Yeah. He goes, oh, really him? And so, and he decided to yeah. grow up and, and do that on his own. Um, kind of a cool right. business. Yeah. It's a small world. The industry, I think there's over 500 trucking companies out there in the United States. And I think 80 some percent of them are, you know, six trucks or less, you know, they're a lot of them are mom and pop. So as big as the industry is, you run into the same people frequently. And significant yeah. growth over the last so, yeah, several years, right? As we've, many of us have moved on to online oh, yes. shopping. And I mean, the Amazon trucks to our neighborhood are probably the most common vehicle seen more than people's home cars. I, I would imagine logistics has just exploded right. in the need and in the industry. For sure. You know, with, with one of the huge challenges, obviously, mm -hmm. is fuel. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, if you're not on top of monitoring your fuel from a cost standpoint and a pricing standpoint, uh, you can be out of business real fast. So, yeah, the last couple of years have been very robust for the transportation industry. It, it came out of, uh, as you and I were talking yesterday, Tom, it came out of COVID just with, the, you know, just yes. a firestorm. Mm -hmm. Um, they really had a few month lapse and then came out and just ramped up literally. Um, and companies that were poised to take advantage of that, you know, really did. And they, a lot of companies have done really well yeah. over the last As I mentioned, years. for this particular. Well, what do you think the outlook is going to go forward? Well, go ahead, the last point I was going to make, just to emphasize what Dan said, this client I had, as I mentioned to you, Dan, I think his business dropped by about two thirds, maybe even a little bit more around like March and April of 2020. And we were really mm -hmm. trying to batten down yep. the hatches and probably by July, he was having the best months in that continued month after month. So completely to your point, he was poised. He had what he thought was excess equipment mm -hmm. and he has had the best couple of years. But if he had not been in a position to take advantage of that, not enough trucks, let workers go, things like that would have really been rough. And we did a lot with him sort of around forecasting and planning that helped that. And so he was really in a good Absolutely. position for that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, forecasting, that's that's something that uh, um, I thought I was doing a good uh -huh. job of it when I was in my past life. But, you know, as I've come to Summit, I think this is that's a that's definitely a strength mm -hmm. that Summit has is there's so much focus on forecasting, not only from the concept, um, but the tools that we that Summit brings to the table. And it's just mm -hmm. such a focus of of what we do here. And it's really exciting to get in and see all the tools we have to do a proper forecast and not, you know, I think forecasting and trucking a lot of times is what's next sure. week look like. Right. You know? <laughs> and I think there's a lot of opportunity. Well, I know there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of business owners to really look at uh, forecasting the way mm -hmm. someone does mm -hmm. and look out at, uh, I think I've heard Jody talk about, you know, some of you know, the company looks out the next 10 mm -hmm. years, um, but at least looking out at next year, yes. next two mm -hmm. years, and it's just imperative to do that, to uh, analyze equipment purchases, analyze uh, um, employment, you know, bringing on new employees and so forth. Uh, what can you afford to bring on? And does it make sense to bring new employees on? Can you get more uh, productivity? You know, we, we analyze a lot. Can you get more productivity out of your existing workforce? So having that forecast and having some reality behind it, um, I think is, is imperative. Mm -hmm in any yeah. industry, but especially one that's, that's as highly capital intensive as, as the transportation industry. Yeah. And, and with the forecast, I think what uh, the beauty of it is, it's not just the revenue side, right? It's not 
just what we're calculating for tax returns at the end of the year, what your net income is. It's it's more so right. on the cash yes. position of the company. What what does cash look oh, like in six months from now? What does it look like a year from now? What does it look like three years from now? You know, how how much do I want to take out of the company as a business owner for distributions at the end of the year? How much can I take without hurting the company? You know, can I mm -hmm. buy that truck like you said, or can I give raises to my people, or you know, can I give them a more per, per mile you know stipend? You know, what, what are the different you know, the different things that can really modify or impact things. That's where I think that's Dan. I think that's right. Why you're talking about, right. That's what really gives the value to the business owner. Cause now that now they've got visibility in the future, not just kind of guessing. Yeah. And I, I know as right. a business owner myself, guessing is horrible. You know, you, you always think you're going to, you know, you're going to outrun revenue mm -hmm. or you're going to outrun mm -hmm. expenses or that giving an extra day's vacation is not really going to impact anything. When, when in reality, when you look at, you know, look at the numbers and really dive in the non-financial numbers, uh, non-financial non indicator type stuff, you start to realize the impact that a small decision has. And it could be huge. It could be a positive impact, could be a negative. Oh, absolutely. But absolutely. it's important for you have to know, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I love, I've, I've heard your analogy a few times, Jody, of, you know, you want to go on a trip and you want to go to California or you go to Florida or somewhere and you kind of know the general direction you want to go, but... You know, you can either get in your car and just start driving and hope you get there and head west. And if you're going to California or head south, if you want to go to Florida or you can have an actual roadmap, you know, of how you want to get there and kind of plan it out. And I'll only plan it out from uh, how I'm going to get there. But, you know, what are the steps, you know, how far am I going to go today and how far am I going to go tomorrow? So I love that analogy. And I think that's that's where um, the CFO can bring so much value to a company. And I think there's so many decisions that. You know, they usually have outgrown and usually they start feeling anxious is kind of my experience. They're like, mm -hmm. okay, it doesn't feel right. I don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I need to bounce this off of someone and I need someone to um, give me some direction and let me know. I Maybe I know the right decision, but I need someone to echo that. I need someone yeah. to confirm that with me and show me in writing. Here's what, here's what it does. Here's what it looks like. Yeah. And, and having the background that you have is, is, is huge, right? Because, you know, you can... You can speak the vernacular, you, you know, the talk, you, you know, you, you know exactly what a trucking industry is looking for, what logistics companies are looking for. Uh, you can give background that uh, a traditional CFO may not be able to give. Or even so, if you, if you have got a company with, with a CFO that's been there forever, they're kind of isolated mm -hmm. in their own bubble, right? They, they only know what they know and they only have the right. company kind of background. But when you can bring in other companies and bring in other, you know, industry information, um, I think it's huge and valuable, especially for the for the small to medium sized uh, trucking companies out there that would love to be able to afford a $300,000 CFO to be on staff and you really can't yep. afford that. Uh, so we're looking for an alternative. Well, I think one of the, one of the things that I've enjoyed um, most about summit um, other than your Hawaiian shirts, I do enjoy those. Thank you. Um, is that uh, yeah, we didn't mention you your not. No. I'll make sure we edit out the comment. About yeah. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the things I've enjoyed, oddly enough, is, you know, we have to cut this out of recording because I don't want any evidence of it. I'm not the smartest one here. I'm not the smartest one here. I don't you think know, you I finally, yeah. yeah, I finally had to relinquish that there's a lot of smart people <laughs> in the company. And, and one of the things I enjoy is um, the most is the collaboration. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there are very few times um, that you can't find someone who has seen something either within Summit or with and and Anders. Um, I've picked so many CFOs brains. I've picked uh, 
um, some of our senior advisors' brains and stuff. And I love our Friday meetings where we collaborate on those things and bring those ideas to the table. And we've got we've got other people with transportation experience as well in the company that that uh, you know can yeah. bring a lot of value. To, I to think that's companies. a huge advantage that many of my clients had mentioned that when they'll say, "Have you seen other companies doing?" And because we work with multiple companies, we do. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult if you're in a company. You can right. you can read and you can do conferences and things, but if you're actually working with multiple companies mm-hmm. across there, it's surprising how often within the same month each company is kind of dealing with a similar kind of thing as things go through cycles. And it's pretty fun to say, mm-hmm. "Okay, I just had to deal with this with someone else and another client." is addressing the same yes. thing to already have some kind of a solution in there related. Right. I brought in another, uh, I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I brought in another CFO and I'm eating the other day and, and she was immediately able to say, because she has a wealth of experience in that industry was this is what I typically mm-hmm. see. And they're like, well, this is what we do. And she was able to say, okay, but I've never seen anyone else do that. You can do it that way, but you know, Mm-hmm. brought that comfort level and not uh-huh. in a condescending way, yep. um, kind of reassuring, you know, giving them affirmation of this is a decision I recommend. And this is what I've seen with a lot of clients. Um, what you're doing, I'm not saying it's wrong. I just haven't seen sure. it before. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure what the value is there. So I think uh, having those resources at our fingertips is yeah. Dan, you mentioned, um, and we talk a lot about key performance indicators for companies and KPIs. I'd love mm-hmm. if you talk a little bit about when you talk about a transportation um, logistics company, what those might be. And for people listening, I think as we, it's easy to say, yes, KPIs are important. Sometimes it's difficult to say, okay, if I'm industry specific, what might some of those be? So be a great example. Can you talk a little bit about logistics and transportation? What are KPIs? Yeah, for sure. I, I I'm a huge believer in, in key performance mm-hmm. indicators. I, I think it's uh, I think it's a crying shame if you shouldn't be surprised what your month looks mm-hmm. like. Right. I think if you're watching your key performance indicators uh, daily, um, I used to watch them hourly. I mean, trucking, really? literally, you've you've got oh my goodness, we had a we had in my past life we had a, a dashboard and it refreshed every okay. hour. Wow. And I became obsessed obsessed with watching that. And not only did I watch it, we had it out to, for our people to see, so they could see how they were doing. They loved it. They loved to see, you know, their numbers. They loved to see how the company was doing. And we would, uh, we would spearhead, you know, some competitions with mm-hmm. them and stuff. So they would see, you know, where the gross profit was for the month, what their individual activity was and performance was. So uh, I think, I think key performance indicators are just, I think they're a must. In fact, I used to tell the owner, I said, you don't even need to look at your financials to see how you had, what kind of month you had. Number one, you can walk out and walk around right. your, your yard to see how many empty trucks or how many trucks are, are, uh, are out on the road. You know, that's a good indicator right off the bat. Right. But we had a lot of key management reports we'd run. Uh, some of them in the trucking industry, on the transportation side, you know, are more asset-based. You know, what's your, what's your revenue per mm-hmm. truck is, is probably mm-hmm. one of the key indicators, uh, you know, again, you're monitoring utilization, you know, the terminology may change from industry to industry, but it's uh, the same concepts we use for most of our clients. So uh, average revenue per truck, you know, per day, per week, per month, um, average revenue um, per driver, same thing, how many unseated trucks you have, you know, what's your, you know, your capacity. Um, Revenue per mile, obviously, is another one, you know, obviously monitoring that. And what's what's important, and we've seen this with with some of our clients, is as we as we take over the client, is to get the accounting right. Right. So you can say, 
oh, I thought my revenue was per truck was X amount, but if it's loaded with stuff that shouldn't be in the in the, in the actual yeah. revenue number, you're you're okay. kidding yourself. Yeah, you know. So I think I think um, you know garbage in, garbage out. You know, so yeah. it's critical to have the key performance indicator, but it's also critical to have the accounting yeah. accurate, so that the key performance indicators are accurate, and you're comparing you know the right numbers. On the logistics side, you know you're monitoring more performance per employee, uh, gross profit per employee per day, per month, per week. Um, you're averaging how many shipments they move. Um, unfortunately, sometimes you have to move a shipment and you lose money on mm. it. You know, you're, you're servicing the customer. Right. You know, it's kind of your loss later, you know. And uh, in, my, in my childhood, we had a grocery store and you have your, you know, your loss mm -hmm. leaders, you know, in your store. And, you know, we've got certain projects at Summit, you know, that are more profitable than others and same in trucking. So you may have a client and you may or a customer, you move uh, 50 loads a week and two or three of them you, you lose you okay. lose money on. So monitoring the number of shipments that a person handles, regardless of whether they made profit or not, monitoring the number of losses you take. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's kind of a trick bag because if you're not taking enough losses, you're probably not taking enough gambles. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're probably getting too conservative and not servicing the client enough and you're only cherry picking the loads. So, Interesting. so monitoring all those statistics can give you some really key insight to, to, to how you're doing. And again, at the end of the month, there really shouldn't be a surprise. You should be able pretty well determine whether you're profitable or not yeah. and how profitable. One of, yeah, I, I think adding to that, Tom, is, or before, yeah, you know, sure. excuse me, Tom here, but adding to that, everything that you've mentioned there goes into that forecast. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's how we build the forecast, right? Mm -hmm. So the forecast isn't built by saying, you know, hey, what'd you do last month? And I'm going to increase that by 10% yep. and we're magically going to get there. You know, let's roll the dice and hope right. it works. You know, it's, it's everything that uh, Dan just mentioned. You know, you, we build it into that forecast on what we know is going to happen or what we plan on having based on the capacity of what we have available. So if we've got 10 right. trucks, what are those 10 trucks going to do at full capacity? Then we back into like the next three months based on what we do have in our pipeline. So we have to maybe bring it down or bring it up a little bit based on what we know is under contract and what we know is, you know, is coming down the road. And, and that's mm -hmm. the, the beauty of it. Right. And so you're always building towards capacity. And so you'll know, pretty much when, you know, when you can make those decisions and when they can't be. And, and, and it's important to use those non-financials. Yeah. And so I, I, I can see right now where, where, where Dan's going with, he builds this really cool forecast and then all the KPIs are kind of tied to that forecast. And so mm -hmm. the, as an owner, we know if we're going to hit our numbers or not, because before we even get the financials done, like Dan mentioned, because we already know because we didn't have the amount of you know trucks right. come through that right. we needed to or the amount of loads or whatever it is or we, we took losses on certain things that we didn't we didn't need to take or weren't expecting to take you know that type of thing and, mm -hmm. and that's the uh, that's the beauty of it i guess is that we can really kind of build that and, and work along that and do a lot of modeling with it right i think uh you know capacity is what we're talking about right you know mm -hmm. so I, the one owner I work with, he was a dreamer, you know, I want to be, you know, act, you know, so yep. big and any, any, he, he always had to, his foot on the pedal to do that. And I, that was fun. And I used to ask him, okay, we don't have the capacity mm. to do that. You know, <laughs> we don't have the people, you know, it sounds like a good, a great, and I'm on board, but let's figure out a plan to get to that capacity to do that, to put some numbers behind it, you know, and then. This is how many people we're going to need to hire. And this is this is the productivity we need to expect out of them. And we we always I'm a believer in, you know, in my opinion, the four pillars. You talk about your culture, mm -hmm. you talk about your people so you can get better people, better trained people. 
Um, you can leverage your technology and you can leverage your processes. Mm -hmm. So if you focus on those, you can get more, more out of your capacity. You can increase your utilization, you know, and, mm -hmm. and from, uh, you know, booking uh, four load, four shipments a day to maybe six shipments a day. So you look at the, all those opportunities, which is what we do with a lot of our clients say, all right, how do your utilization or your, your effectiveness is, is probably not up to industry standards. So mm -hmm. what can we do to boost you up? Not what we see with our other clients. Let's focus on that. Dan, so, when you worked in that's how we that's how we when you worked in guests. operations. I'm curious, how did that impact or influence your relationship with the non-financial metrics? I would assume now you're you're not just reporting, but you're living in it. Did that did that make a big impact on you? Yeah, I I, I was. I will say I was instrumental in you know building out oh. that dashboard. Uh -huh. you know, obviously, I had the finance background. And I got with um, some key people within our division and that were a lot smarter than me, which isn't saying much. And we, they, I had them build out some really cool dashboards and got them excited about seeing, seeing our numbers every day mm -hmm. and turned it into, um, you know, we didn't use it to criticize. We used it to mm -hmm. encourage our people. You know, there's a big difference. And it was amazing because we went, uh, we increased our productivity so much. And we set goals, you know, their average, uh, you know, our average gross profit was X when we, when we started and we thought we could really bolster that. And we did, we increased it by oh, two wow. and a half times just by, um, you know, leveraging our technology, by monitoring it and by expecting more mm -hmm. out of our people. Um, but they saw those numbers every day. They were constantly in front of them. And then we programmed our, our KPI. So not only did the whole floor, the ownership was seeing them, and they knew the ownership was seeing their mm -hmm. activity and, mm -hmm. you know, we've gauged not only their activity, but their productivity and usually they're hand in hand, but, you know, sometimes you might have a person who's really struggling and they're putting in the effort, um, just, just struggling with productivity. So it's important for us. It was important to measure yeah. both. Mm -hmm. uh, so we could see was your productivity is low, but your activity is also low. So what, you know, they go hand in hand. What can we do to bolster your activity? And we think if you do that, your productivity will go up. Are the measures mm -hmm. you were talking about, are those pretty common across the industry that you can then compare to some industry metrics as well? They are. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, gross, gross profit per person is, you know, a, a okay. key metric. Um, in the logistics side, some companies are, they call it crate to cradle, mm -hmm. uh, where one person handles both the customer side and the transportation side. They handle both sides of the model. Um, in a lot of larger industries, they have a split model where you've got one side dealing with the customer and one side dealing with the trucking company on the logistics side. But yeah, the, the metrics are, are pretty yeah. uniform. You know, they're, they're not a lot, not a lot of new stuff in trucking. You know, there's not a lot of new metrics and everything. Um, some may dive in and get a little more, um, uh -huh. granular on monitoring CRM activity and stuff like that and get a little more detailed on it, but the basic yeah. metrics. I, I found real power in that industry metric. And, you know, one in mm -hmm. our niche, one of them oh, is absolutely. average bill rate, but there's so many of my clients that they are not charging enough. Mm -hmm. And when you can say, when they tell you, right. I can't charge more, it's too competitive, all these things, you're like, the average is like $30 an hour more than you're charging. Mm -hmm. And that really influences them. And exactly. I had one recently, I had said it for a long time. Then luckily absolutely. he went to a conference and came back and said, we're not charging enough. And I said, I've been telling you that, but luckily right. he heard it from someone else. And now he wants to charge more, but just the power when they realize someone else can do something better than what they're seeing really motivates. Mm -hmm. Oh, for it sure. Like we were, 
Can we take a quick sure. break here, Tom, real quick? And I'd like to get an idea. I'm a real book reader. I like to uh-huh. read books, and uh, um, I, I've got favorite books. I was wondering, Tom, if if if, if we could each share a favorite book and why, real quick here, oh. for yeah. for our listeners. Go ahead, Tom. I'll go, I'll go first. Okay. Oh, go, ahead. okay. go ahead, Tom. Okay. Oh. Um, okay. Um, one I'll have. In fact, let me grab it so you can see it. Um, it's one that I yep. just reread again, and so I'll hold it up so people can see it. This Getting Things Done by David yep. Allen is one that yep. people can see, yep. and it's yep. a really good one for sort of keeping track of what you're supposed to be doing, putting it in a place so that you know you'll take action mm-hmm. on it, and it's made a huge impact on me feeling like I can mm-hmm. get control of what things we're doing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. I like that book, Tom. Yeah. I think... Uh, I think mine, and we had a lot of our managers read it at the one company is good oh, to great. Sure, Jim Collins. Oh, I've got that uh, here too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, that was kind of our Bible, and we referenced that a lot in our values and stuff. And, you know, I think a big focus on that, two big focuses on that were, you know, getting the right people on uh-huh. the bus yep. and the wrong people yep. off the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, I think both are equally as important. And, and then the hedgehog concept, you know, do what yes. you do well. You know, and focus on that and say, yeah, this is probably not us. You know, that's a great, great opportunity for someone, probably not us. So I really enjoy that book. I think it's uh, and probably a third concept is which I think we can relate to as accountants is facing the brutal mm-hmm. facts. Mm-hmm. And I think sure. sometimes that's something that I think we should preach to our our clients is, you know, we got to get a solution for, you know, the next, uh, you know, 12 weeks of your cash flow and so forth. Here's where you are. And burying your head in the sand is not going to get you out of that. So I think facing the brutal facts is probably my third concept That's in book that I, I really take to. What about you, Jody? Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, good to great. Um, yes. One of my favorite books. I probably list. I, I have f- multiple medias of that book. I've got it on CD. Oh, I've got it on, you know, media. I've got it on tape. I've got that book in hard copy. It's like Jesus Christ. I read everything <laughs> on that book and read it many times. So that 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 was something that we really kind of formed our business mm-hmm. really really helped us really kind of get through the, the tough stuff. Emeth was another yes. one that we used, you know, cause it's all about process, mm-hmm. right? Because you want to make a, a repeatable process. That's the only way you can really grow and give everybody that, that, that same level. Cause we, when we like with, uh, with our CFOs, we want Tom, when he's meeting with clients, we want him, we want that client getting that same experience with Tom and that they're right. going to get with Dan. And it's really hard mm-hmm. to do that if you don't have processes in place. And so right. huge, huge, huge on processes, which kind of leads Agreed. me to a book I, I recently read, which mm, is- I've read that book. as well. And it's a great book called The Five Principles uh, That Take Your Business to the, mount- to the Top of the Mountain uh, by Steve Prada and uh, Greg Cleary. I know Greg, Greg really, really well. And uh, this is an operations book. So it, it, it's it's really, you know, what, what do we have to do to kind of get through? And it really focuses on people, kind of like the, the, the pillars you'd mentioned purpose, playbook, performance, and then profits, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we're the profit part of that, you know, mm-hmm. so that, which right. is kind of cool. So it gives all four of the different areas that, you know, as a business owner, no matter if you're in the trucking industry or if you're in the cannabis industry or whatever, you really have to have that solid foundation. And that's kind of Absolutely. what that book is, is, is really focusing on is that. And so I'm glad to hear what all three of yours, I mean, getting things done, you know, super yes. great book on how to manage right. your time. You know, that that's, that's the, that's a big thing that we find that, um, you know, the success or, or failure of, of our CFOs really comes down right. to managing time. It, it does. Oh, for sure. Oh, can, can, can you imagine if, you know, can you imagine letting your, your time manage you as uh, a CFO? And how would you handle 15 you know, different clients if the, if your time was I managing completely. you? <laughs> I mean, right, right. That, 
And <laughs> I'm thinking of our CPAs <laughs> you know, who listen, right? I mean, they, how often do CPAs say there's no longer a busy time of the year? It's always busy. All these clients calling and it only takes one or two dropped messages or phone calls from someone until you're really dealing with something that's falling apart. And um, I, I agree with you, Jody. Right, right. Yeah, it's, I forgot like, to mention, Jody. Uh, yeah, digital yeah. dollars and cents is probably my peak book. Oh, I got that one here. That one here. I got that right here, actually. It's Jody. Is it Grundin? Grundin? Oh, Grundin. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, there were a lot of misspellings in it, but once you got past the misspellings, it was pretty good. <laughs> that, that has been an excellent. No, that was, uh, no seriously. I'll, all kidding aside, there's a lot of pragmatic advice in there. And I, I, I think that's uh, one of the things I enjoy about Summit is it's one, I enjoy the cadence, which is, mm -hmm. I think is we've got it you know, kind of like you're talking about processes. Mm -hmm. Yep. We have a deliberate cadence of delivering information to clients. And I, I think we rarely veer from that. And I think that's really critical. Mm -hmm. And clients really, in my, my experience here, they really enjoy yes. that. They enjoy yep. Yeah, I'm busy, but I got to have my meeting, you know, with Summit this week just to keep on track. Yep. And just to know that we're looking over your, your receivables, your payables, your processes and stuff. So, you know, I think the cadence and the process of doing that is critical. And I agree. I, I love Summit's model of 80% of what we do is scaled, right? You know, it's, it's this is the way we do it. And then you got 20%, you got, you, you know, allow that, you got to allow that individual CFO or advisor mm -hmm. to come in and yep. share your experience and give a little twist on it. But the overall delivery of the service is, you know, uniform. So if Tom jumped in on one of my clients or I jumped in, I, I would pretty well be able to pick mm -hmm. up and say, I know where Tom is on this. Um, there's mm -hmm. no real big surprises. Um, and I think same with, right. with, with all of us, we're pretty interchangeable. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. the cadence, Dan, for people listening who kind of wonder what we do with clients. And you also talked about the importance of forecasting. Do you want to talk a little bit about what a cadence maybe for a month looks like for your typical client? Yeah, we just took on a new client after I started. They've really been uh -huh. fun to work with. It's a, it's a quasi quasi new business, but they're they're assuming a, a large mm -hmm. book of business that okay. they've been handling. Um, so. We have a cadence with them. We meet um, every week. We walk through their cash flow every mm -hmm. week. And during that cash flow meeting, we're not only talking about where their cash is currently, we're looking out for the next uh, 12 weeks or so at what their cash is going to look like. So there's yep. no surprises. That gives them, they can sleep uh -huh. at night. That little 10 minute conversation with them, like, okay, we know where we are. They can put that off their plate and they can focus on running mm -hmm. their business instead of, you know, getting caught with a surprise, kind of what you were alluding to, Tom, mm -hmm. of a surprise like, oh, we don't have right. cash for right. payroll or something like that. Right. Right. And then we deliver, depending on the client, um, you know, forecasting meetings every week, pipeline meetings where we're reviewing what they've got, you know, coming through um, in sales and so forth. And then their financial, financial meeting as well, going over their financials and reviewing those in detail and answering any questions and comparing them to their, you know, looking at their KPIs and saying, here's how you did. And here's probably yep. why. Um, and again, you know, they're, they're at in, you know, some industries, you know, their average bill rate was down or was up or whatever, or their utilization was down or was up. Um, so again, shouldn't be any surprises from that mm -hmm. if they're monitoring those pretty carefully. Yeah, every that's week. great. I know a common. So, so it sounds like I didn't hear accounting in there. What's the deal? I didn't yeah. <laughs> <financial savings once. laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's, uh, it, it's, it's 
fun to stay on track with the client mm -hmm. that way. It's like you're, we're programmed, you know, um, mm -hmm. that you've got those meetings set out for, you know, months in advance. The client knows it, you know, not that we don't change occasionally, but we pretty well stick to that, that mm -hmm. recurring meeting. And again, I, my, my experience with those clients is okay. They had their meeting. Now they can put that to rest and they know what they need to focus yeah. on versus, and they know they've got good, clean financials to look at. You know, they got the forecast laid out. They know where they're going. You know, they know the roadmap and now they need to execute yeah. the plan. Yeah. That sounds like a great, and I, I know many of our new clients coming in know that they should be doing things like reviewing financial statements, talking about forecast, and they don't have that. So just putting that in place, they at least know there's a way when they're thinking forecast and thinking, you know, I've had in my mind that I probably should be hiring two more people in the office to do something. Forecast is a perfect part of that conversation right. to say, let's show you what that looks like if that's what yeah, you're exactly. doing. And that once right. they've got that in place, there mm -hmm. can be some kind of, they can relax for those kind of things. Or when things really look like they're taking an ugly turn that you're in there saying, well, let's build two or three different models. What if it does get as bad as you're thinking? And what if it doesn't? And just how, how mm -hmm. would we get through that? And that's so much easier to do on paper before just jumping in and saying, let me just wing it and figure out kind of what's going to happen. Um, so I'm glad you do that. Yeah, and then figure it out after right. the fact, right? And, well, I, I uh, think I think about even the when going through the pandemic. You know, it, it was it was such a you know when you hear the industry because I speak to a lot of folks in in, in the accounting mm -hmm. industry, and it was like yeah, it was like it was like basically you know, everybody's you know basically emergency yeah. right now. Everybody's you know changing what they're doing. They're meeting with clients more often, and, and they're really kind of working through it. And, and and a lot of the accounting firms did a phenomenal job with it. W with us, it was like. Business right. as usual, you know. We right. met with clients maybe one more time. You know, they, you know right. they, the clients already had a really good understanding of their position, anyways, and it was just more mm -hmm. modeling. You know, hey, here's what we do if this client leaves. What if this client leaves? What, what if what's the worst case scenario? You know, if we have to lay off all these people, you know, what do I have to do cash wise? You know, all of that was already right. in place, and so it was just a it was just more of a check in. Hey, let's see. I just want right. to check in real quick. It wasn't a a mad dash and scramble everybody in the firm and all the clients, you know, all hysteric. It was more of a, Hey, now, now how does this impact things? And it was just a, a different conversation. Well, the way you, we coach, uh, I, I love summit's process of coaching clients through having a cash mm -hmm. reserve, you know, mm -hmm. that's exactly what that's for having a tax yeah. reserve account, you know, so there aren't surprises and you need to plan for those, you know, those events, economy is going to change, you know, things mm -hmm. are going to happen and being prepared for those and talking about, and you hit it right on the head, uh, Jody, you're talking about that ahead of time yeah. mm -hmm. versus, oh, it happened. And no one could have prepared for a pandemic like we went right. through, but um, at least we were, you know, you prepare clients for moderately what they're looking at and mm -hmm. you have a game plan and yep. you're definitely ahead of the game. You're definitely mm -hmm. not scrambling as much as, you know, I have no risk cash reserve. We've never talked about this before right. and having that laid out for a client just so, you know, we have conversations with clients. What would happen if you didn't have any billable revenue for the next three months, six months? You know, what would that right. look like for you? And clients want to know that. I think be able to tell them that. Yeah, is yeah, that's a great point. Well, even worse, what, what's the best time to get a line of credit? It's when things yeah. are going well, not during a, yeah, exactly. uh, a recession. Right. <laughs> you know, so for those folks that think there's a recession coming up, you better have that line of credit already yeah. in place because you're not going to yeah, get exactly. it. You're not going to get it when yeah. it happens, and so. Well, the one client I worked with, uh, you know, that was one of the first things we talked about when we took them over is, you know, is, is line of credit. And a thousand percent agree is, is the most effective time to do that is when yep. you don't need it. Yep. And they kept, you know, we don't, we're not going to need a line of credit. We're not going to need a line of credit. And I kept 
Okay. And finally, <laughs> finally, about a month before they needed it, they're like, yeah, we need a line of credit. Can you get that up? And there was a large, large line of credit we had to get established. And fortunately, I'd already had conversations with bank, a few mm-hmm. banks and stuff. And the client felt really comfortable and said, go with your people, you know them, um, get the ball rolling. And Mm -hmm. the process went really smoothly because we had already had those conversations. I had already started the groundwork and already, you know, I knew what the bank was going to require. I knew what the bank was going to lend them and so forth and was able to start putting together a forecast for them, you know, to show them what their cash was going to look like. Mm -hmm. And it would not have been pretty if they didn't have a line of credit. What you've described is so, I, I think, telling around about 80% of what we do is very common across businesses and what everyone needs. Oh, absolutely. And you've emphasized the 20% as we've talked more about specific to logistics and transportation, the value that you can bring knowing that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's just a great kind of place to wrap up and say, just knowing those two things is so good. And I hope anyone listening says that 80% I could do, maybe I'm not in logistics, but I can at least hear how Dan's helped me think through what would some of those key performance indicators and why they're important to be in there. Exactly. So I really appreciate you, you sharing that knowledge with us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys. I hope you have... dive in. Thank you very yeah, much. Thanks, Talk to you guys soon. Enjoy this podcast. Visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving modern CPA firm success. We're here to be a resource in this ever-changing industry.